You're listening to Evolution Exchange Podcast APEC, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the APEC region. I am Danielle, Senior Consultant at Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I am your host. So on today's podcast, we'll be discussing how to develop your career in the blockchain and crypto space. Uh, and I am delighted to be joined with two senior thought leaders within the crypto and blockchain space. Um, so this is Ying Tong as well as Chi Chuan. So to start with, um, I'll give uh, I'll give them some time to kind of introduce y- yourself. So let me let's start with Chi. Thanks, Daniel, uh, for having me here. And um, hey, look, a quick introduction. Uh, I'm Chi Tran. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Product Officer at uh, Liquid Exchange. So Liquid Exchange has been um, uh, one of the first regulated exchanges uh, out of Japan. In fact, uh, the life uh, of the company started in Singapore. Um, and that was back in 2014. So we've been around the industry for quite a while. I've been there since June. Um, but yeah, and, and, and as people might have uh, heard, we re- recently acquired by FTX. But that's the brief introduction there. Okay, and, and on to you, Ying Tong. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Um, I'm Ying Tong, the head of product for Cake DeFi over at the blockchain R&D wing. So what DeFi is, is that we are a central, sort of a custodial platform for decentralized finance. So you can think about Kick DeFi as a gateway for new crypto users to enter the crypto world, enter the DeFi decentralized finance world. And on my end, um, what my team specializes on is really the R&D of different blockchain innovation that then supports um, Kick DeFi as a company. Okay, yeah, great to have you guys on the call. Okay, so we'll just jump into the first question. So, I mean, a lot, the reason why I kind of picked this topic is because I feel it's kind of a new and growing industry. I mean, not very new, but newer than the rest. And a lot of kind of people that I speak to, candidates or clients, they kind of want to know how to jump into this space. So, so that's why I kind of um, came out of this topic. So, the first question is basically how to develop your career in the blockchain space. Okay, um, yeah, so maybe we can start with you, Ying Tong. What do you think about this? Sure. I think I think if I were to think about it from, I, I think there are a few angles we can look at this, right? Number one is those people who are mid-career switch and those who are fresh. I think for those who are fresh in the industry, it'd be interesting to think about what are the, especially for, let's, let's say, decentralized finance and thinking about the Web3 world, is understanding what are the applicable uh, applicable knowledge that they can have from the Web2 world that can they can bring into Web3. So I think one of the few examples is um, sort of I, I, some, a gap that I've seen is um, really understanding the economics of, uh, let's say, crypto and decentralized finance. So understanding, especially from a product management perspective, understanding that layer of complexity can help uh, anyone get into the industry a lot easier. That's one thing. And also understanding, recognizing that there is a difference between Web 2 and Web 3. I think that's the first and foremost um, requisite that everybody should breach because I don't think there's a very commonly shared or discussed topic, which is the difference between the Web2 traditional world versus the Web3 tech world that we see today. Okay, okay, interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chi? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, de- developing any career, I think, first of all, is always ask your question, uh, ask yourself the question, yeah, are you going to be happy? Are you going to enjoy it, right? <laughs> always say that, uh, be careful what you ask for. Um, so, you know, in Jung, uh, I mentioned your know, mid-career switch. 
that, that applies to me. I'm a little bit older than both of you, I believe, um, uh, just by a few years. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I have been, uh, you know, my background, uh, you know, ex-agency technology, I always say uh, marketing technology innovation, right? And I've never gone into finance, um, crypto, uh, but, you know, I made that leap in, in June. So, you know, that can provide that sort of perspective. But I was to say that, um, you know, advice is, is about saying that if you want to develop the career or get into it first is, you know, that happiness and that curiosity. You know, as, as Ying, Jung, uh, Ying Jung mentioned, you know, we can talk about the technicalities around Web 2, Web 3, but really it's about saying that when you look at the world, uh, if you look at the world of crypto, blockchain or finance or its applications, you're solving real world problems, right? Um, you know, a great example is to say that, you know, when we look at the applications uh, of blockchain, our vaccination certificates in Singapore are stored on the blockchain, right? So there, there's there's things that's not just uh, you know it being utilized in um, you know coins, crypto. There's actually a lot of uh, a bigger ecosystem when it comes down to crypto and blockchain. So I say, be curious, look at what you're using, and then that sort of then you can go into which parts or which areas uh, that you'll be interested in. Okay, okay, yeah, super interesting. So yeah, on, on that note, since you kind of just moved from a different industry into this, um, into the blockchain space, I mean, what was your biggest challenge in that sense to move from a whole different industry into this space? Working with a lot of very, very smart people, right? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, I, I, think, I think, look, it's, I, I, I believe um, your user behavior, um, you know, it doesn't change. Technology is just an enabler, right? So, so you, the, the challenge of obviously is to understand you know the underlying, um, let's say the underlying ecosystem, right? So, I, I always say that when I look at the industry, uh, we say that from the why, uh, from from liquid exchange or exchange, we say that we want to democratize access to financial services, right? Um, through the blockchain ecosystem. So that means that actually, uh, you know, and the how and the what is is about saying that you know we bridge CFI to DeFi. So you know the area Injung is very very uh, familiar with. It's about saying that you know and we do it easy, fast, and secure. So when you when you're looking at it from the big why, it's about saying that now when we're looking at access to financial services or financial products, no longer do you have to be a private banker have a two million dollars in assets. That flexibility, um, you know, but in a controlled, regulated manner, um, is is you know, is really the democratizing of of that access to ordinary uh, people that uh, make the right decisions, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, interesting. So I mean, you 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 kind of transition from a different industry. So on your side, I mean, since I think you were also a bit younger, um, what do you think? You know how a lot of graduates are kind of very interested in this space. I mean, what advice do you have for them in terms of kind of programs they should be going to, you know, kind of courses they should take up, or what should they do on their own to kind of prepare to have a career in this industry? Cool. I think um, what she mentioned earlier, it's it's actually very accurate. It's in terms of the interest. And I don't think, while, while it is important from a technical or career standpoint, or rather the responsibilities of the role standpoint, where there are huge differences between a Web 2, let's say, product manager and a Web 3 product manager, for example, but when it comes to really appreciating the job, I think someone must really want to be inquisitive enough. I think one of the very important note to take is that we are at the forefront of the industry. 
that's a once in a lifetime, uh, I would say, opportunity, right? And if we really want to be at the forefront, we need to be okay with a few things. Firstly, it's being able to accept that changes are happening every single day. Like they say, I think like one week in crypto is like eight years in the, the normal world, right? So it's being comfortable with this change and also being excited enough to want to keep up with this change and to always question and always ask, you know, like what is going on and why is why are things happening the way they are, right? So I think just that's just on a fundamental level. I think when it comes to technical level, there are really many, many different layers that you can look into. Again, depending on your type of um, profession, right? Engineers, you have different different types of requirements. But I would say as a fundamental level, it's really understanding um, at the core a lot of how, how financial services would work in a traditional world. Um, I say this more from a bias perspective because being in decentralized finance, um, many people come in, well, it's not a 100% requirement that you have to come in with a finance background, but being able to appreciate and understand that industry can help you bridge into the new sort of realm of DeFi much easier. Then, then you can borrow some of the traditional conventions and then think about how you can help users bridge, right? Because like she mentioned also is that it's actually the same thing. The user experience is the same. Um, for a customer, for a user, it's always about how can we be, you know, how can we bring the next evolution of finance to everybody, democratizing finance, right? So the experience is pretty much might be different, but the outcome is the same here. So how can we understand this um, nuance and then bring it to everybody out there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, super interesting insight. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, so then moving on, because I do speak to basically quite a bit of candidates or people out in the market looking out in the crypto space, and they always have this kind of general concern. So, I mean, people who are concerned about kind of the regulatory, you know, like rhetorics around the industry, I mean, is there any advice or any kind of um, insights you have that you can kind of help them when they ask that question? I think um, that, that when it comes down to, let's say, Portability of skills in, in the relevant industries. I, I think um, you know, there's the product area, there's a the compliance area. There's there's many many areas that they can get into uh, crypto, right? But when it comes specifically to regulatory, the analogy I always say is um, think about and you might be too young for, to remember this, but think about when it comes to internet service providers, right? Um, when's the last time that you bought a a ISPs or internet service off someone down the street, right? So back in the you essentially anyone with fiber at home can set up uh, ISP, let people uh, access the accounts from home, but that won't, but that comes under regulatory and compliance, right? So that, that way, when it comes to safety, um, your government, consumer protection, all those things, um, then, it, then it becomes a consolidation of only people that can look after customers appropriately, um, uh, you know, and consumer protection will be in place. So you'll see that, uh, especially in the last year, I move a trend towards regulatory regulatory compliance uh, is happening. You see today the, the U.S. announcement in terms of guidelines. Um, so every single uh, jurisdiction worldwide is uh, looking at maturing the regulatory, but it does not mean that you know, we stop that innovation cycle. So you know, Inzung, it's air, you know, DeFi space, and as I said to you, in terms of the how. We believe in that connectivity between centralized finance and decentralized finance because, you know, finding that right balance of connecting both ecosystems, um, you know, is provides the best outcome for consumers. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, and Ying Sun, do you have anything kind of to say about that? Yeah, I think I think I have something probably also to complement what she said is that um again in the early days of any industry, it's always unregulated, right? Like for example, um, anything comes from being unregulated, then regulation starts coming in and then that's where people get uncomfortable, people get worried about um, what is exactly going to happen in an industry. Um, I do think that regulation is ultimately a good force for the shaping and the growth of the industry. I think it's a natural curve that we have seen regardless of whether it's crypto or not, right? And I, I feel like I would like to argue that having regulations kind of provides that parameter for the industry to operate in. So then, you know, you don't waste resources trying to test the boundaries, trying to, um, you know, go out there and see whether things can or cannot be done, but rather having some sort of like a very um, loose parameter for everyone to operate in. I think that could be more productive in the long run. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Both very interesting insights. Yeah. So I mean, in that sense, you guys both jumped into this um pretty new um industry, right? I mean, so what? So I guess you really believe and you really love this space. I mean, in that sense, what do you think is the future that uh, holds for a DeFi and you know, a crypto blockchain ecosystem? Ingtong, you want to start? <laughs> sure. Um, I think. So I think today we've discussed a lot about democratizing and then bridging this, this um, the current base of consumers over to the DeFi world. I think one day, along also with the idea of regulation, right, there is going to be a convergence of, I think there's going to be a convergence of um, applications or rather the industries. So between the traditional finance with the decentralized finance, I'm sure people can start to see how, you know, um, institutions out there are starting to also invest in crypto are starting to move uh, make a move into more towards the web3 kind of um, environment so with that in mind i am optimistic about the future not that and although i'm not an extremist about the future i'm not a maximalist in that oh we are all going to be decentralized because i don't think that is going to be a realistic future that we can live in because then everybody has to manage everything of their own right decentralized banks decentralized protection and all that kind of stuff so I think as we develop this, it kind of just like pushes the industry boundary to, to a lot more autonomy and a lot more control over at the consumer's end, but then retaining that ability for institutions to just um, provide that level of service that individuals cannot have. Okay. Yeah, I, just, uh, you know, very aligned, just to add to uh, Ying Zhong's uh, uh, points. Yeah, you know, I believe that this, this innovations industry, you know, just said, uh, I believe that you know, distributed auto autonomous uh, organizations or DAOs uh, will become uh, more and more prevalent. Uh, or, you know, let, let's talk about like the Web 3.0 technologies or uh, a term that we try to use or we use is to say it's going to be compliantly bold, uh, meaning that, you know, you, you've had you've had innovations within financial sectors just before the, the crypto right, because the financial sector in itself, each vertical or each subset is worth, uh, is a big billion dollar industry, right, billions of dollars. So you only have to solve key problems within each vertical. And technology, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is the enabler of that, right, whether it's, you know, Web2 technology or Web3 uh, blockchain, you know, we talk about, we talked about, um, you know, notarize or, you know, 
our, our vaccination certificate uh, being on the blockchain. Uh, you know, you'll see continuous innovation in applications that it's just um, you know going to be applied more day to day, right? Um, and and I think that's going to be the exciting thing where all those innovations will have a regulatory framework that it works within, but it also means that people can still push that boundary um, because that's innovation or pace of innovation is much more accepted within the financial sector now, now because you have Web 3.0. Um, and I believe that that continual or pace of innovation will continue to happen, but within a regulatory framework. Okay, okay. And, and on that note, so I mean, since you guys have been in this industry for a while now, um, what do you kind of think is the most poignant emerging trends in 2022? I mean, there are a lot of new trends come up, coming up now. I mean, in this space especially, because since it's also quite a new industry. I mean, what, what do you guys think? I think, well, I'd say, I say look, from, there were, yeah, I mentioned the, the DAOs. Um, uh, you know, even if you look at the, the evolution of the application of NFTs from just collection, um, uh, you're more, let's say, playing cards, swapping to utilities around how NFTs can be used in voting mechanisms within a DAO, right? So you, you're, you're seeing real, this continual, let's say, ecosystem and building of ecosystem of existing technologies. Um, I believe that user experience and the application of it will, will continue to innovate. It's not about saying that there's going to be a new, um, uh, let's say, a new blockchain technology that's in, invented. It's more about saying that the maturing of the ecosystem and using it in much more innovative and user-friendly way. That, that's where I see um, you know, the, the, the trend on maturity for 2022. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think the, yeah. in, terms, in terms of, um, so there's a, a very macro trend that we can, we can expect, right? I, I completely agree with Chi. I think the, there is one, one of the sort of, event or rather trend that is unfolding within decentralized finance is also the fact that cross-chain compatibility and just basically interoperability across many different platforms is starting to become a reality so you don't i i think what this means for users is that they no longer have to you know number one select or have the ability to to select which platform which blockchain they have to they want to go into right versus the fact that you know once entering a certain platform, they can have access to all the different platforms out there. So I think in terms of this, this is really what we see in terms of like the social media of today, um, you know, the network effect and just basically like uh, the idea of Google as well, being able to enter from one gateway and then access a whole, a whole range of industries from there. I think this is also an interesting trend that we can anticipate and especially with Ethereum, um, you know, that are super strong, a super strong driving force in this um, equation. I think this is really something that we can potentially look forward to. Okay. And, you know, and I like how Injung mentioned uh, cross-chain. Obviously, in a centralized finance, uh, we call it uh, multi-chain, which we've had uh, for a long time. Uh, <laughs> so what it means is it doesn't matter where USDC, whether it's Tron, Stellar, um, you know, ERC-20, all USDC is the same to us on our platform, then we provide, um, you know, the choice into the user's hand to what network they want to exit on. So I think that that's, that's that innovation, that cross-chain, it's really user-focused on what provides 
benefits or behaviors for um, you know the user space in this uh, industry, right? Exactly. And I think one one thing is that you know now at this stage is a lot of um, selecting. Like it has to be a conscious decision as to what chain or what platform, what coin I want to purchase before buying it, right? But I think with this this trend that is upcoming, or rather this emergence of like multi-chain, cross-chain compatibility is that then discovery takes on a new angle, or rather discovery takes on the front seat, where users no longer have to sort of like take on the opportunity cost of like finding one, uh, going for one token and then missing out the opportunity on another, rather being able to be exposed to everything all at once. I think that's something that is super cool to look forward to. Yeah, actually, I learned quite a lot from this podcast from you guys. It's really excellent. Um, yeah, so we're just down to the last question now. Thank you so much for all your input. Um, so the last question is actually since, I mean, I've been speaking to a lot of candidates. A lot of them are looking to move into the industry. And I'm sure that your team, I mean, if not now, you guys will be hiring or growing your team eventually. So what kind of advice or can you give people who are moving into this industry? Like what is the skill set or, you know, what do you look for in individuals when you hire in your team? I mean, interest level is definitely... Um, everyone who's moving there does have an interest, but what else do you guys are you guys looking out for? You know, uh, maybe I'll I'll, I'll let Injung uh, talk about product, and I'll just talk about the marketing side. Where, uh, maybe that is awesome. that, maybe yeah. So then on the marketing side, I, I'd say that you know, life cycle, like let's say performance marketing, life cycle, all those apply within crypto industry, right? Uh, we utilize the same tools with the same insight. In, in fact, I'd say that we're, we're a firm believer in growth hacking and the processes around uh, data-driven decisions and rapid experimentation. So there's a lot of people that, uh, from when, when we talk about marketing, because when we talk about performance, there's real metrics, there's real outcomes, there's, there's um, uh, you know, real models to uh, measure the improvements and the gains. So people that especially in marketing, they, their skills are very, very portable into the crypto space. And it's it's in quite a lot of demand, right? Uh, because, uh, you know, from all aspects of marketing, from branding, performance, growth, um, you know, um, yeah. But essentially, I'd say that you know, if you're a marketer interested in crypto, it's something that uh, quite easily ported. Yeah, I think on the... Actually, I think one thing that um, she mentioned, which kind of made me, I, I think, I think something that is very important in at least the, the decentralized space, or, or rather for environment that is, you know, primarily focusing on DeFi, whether you are a centralized gateway to a decentralized finance protocol, for example, um, one of the important thing for a product manager or someone working in the product front is to really appreciate marketing. Um, it's not coincidence that Chi and I are here today, right? I think the fact is that this industry um, has allowed these two functions to converge even more than before, mainly because as a product manager over at a, let's say, a decentralized space, you gotta be you got to be very comfortable with doing a few things. Number one is understanding how you can build the narrative, as all product managers do. But in terms of building that narrative, then you must be also very comfortable with interfacing with the community because I think community is, is a huge component of crypto um, decentralized decentralization in general. Because with the community, they kind of power everything um, from within your project. So if the community is not pleased or not excited about the project, then nothing gets moving. 
And conversely, if they are super excited about it, then you know everything moves and you can get feedback. Your feedback loop is very, very tight in that sense. So for product managers, you must be very comfortable with understanding um, you know, the importance of community management and the importance of using the right levers and the right tactics to, to get these messages across to your community. And I think the other thing that I would particularly look out for for someone in the product management role is also a sense of um, entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial mindset, right? It's not to say that you have to be someone who has founded a company, no such thing as that. I think it's really more about having that growth mindset, having that quote-unquote hacker mindset to want to, to want to be resourceful enough to find out how things can work and then just let, get them to work. I, I think this is, this is quite a cliche thing to say because many companies say that. But I think it's more, much more important in, um, let's say, the Web3 world simply because things are, again, moving so quickly. And if you're not adept at making changes um, being flexible enough to be to to react to the the latest trends, for example, then it kind of makes you um, a, a, a legged in the industry. So being having that entrepreneurial mindset, being able to drive that change, being acceptable to be the change agent, and then to drive that change, and then to narrate that change to the community, I think that sort of encompasses the requirement for a good product manager. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, Chi, you have anything to add on to that? Or? No, 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 I love everything um, Injong said. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I summarize it is, um, I always say, most important for me is curiosity. I think, I think he's, he's um, you know, covered all of that, right? So, the, the curiosity uh, will, will lead to the, the passion and the right questions. I always say that it's not about, for me, it's not as important to, to know the answer more important is to know the right questions to ask, right? Um, and that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to end your podcast. Yes, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say, Tong? No, I 100% agree with that. Nothing more. <laughs> yeah. <I can> do. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. And I mean, thank you guys so much for participating in this podcast. I mean, it's so, it's such great, so great to kind of have insight from leaders in this industry. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. And thank you, Chi and Ing Tong, for joining us and giving you a little bit of insight to what you guys think.